One of baseball's biggest stars speaking up publicly about the uh, ongoing strife that's between the players and the uh, ownership. But the plans out there, that would be Nationals pitcher Max Scherzer. He tweeted out a, like a, you know, on Twitter. Twitter, by the way, is struggling. I can't, something happened, Rowdy, where, so MSNBC was in Lake Geneva over the weekend, and they were doing a big story of people not wearing masks. Did you see, I know you saw the video. Yeah, Lake Geneva was happening. Yeah, Lake weekend. Geneva was popping off. So MSNBC was there. Cal Perry was the reporter, an NBC News correspondent. And he was doing a story about how they weren't wearing masks. And he was obviously wearing a mask because he was in front of the camera. And he was trying to shame one of these guys. This One of these guys actually was a, wearing a Devontae Adams Packers jersey. And the Devontae Adams fan pulled out his cell phone, and started recording the news crew. And as this reporter was shaming this man for not wearing a mask, the Devontae Adams fan pointed out the fact that the news crew that was filming the reporter were also not wearing masks. So as the reporter is shaming people for not wearing masks, half of his crew (laughs) aren't wearing masks. Do as I say, not as I do, right? So I, I did, all I did was link the video. I said, wait for the dude wearing the Devontae Adams jersey to call him out. Was fun. I, I chuckled at it. Ever since I posted that, Nelson, I can't, I can't see anything on my Twitter. It, it says I can't look at any replies or nothing. You've been shadow banned. Something has happened to my Twitter where ever since I posted that, chuckling at it, I literally can't see anything on my Twitter anymore. It says... Tweets aren't loading right now. It's been like this since last night. I don't. I, Jack Shadow banned you. I don't understand what's going on. All I did was share a news story that ran on the news. I have no idea. But uh, on Twitter, where they what's that? Two is it two hundred and how many characters is it now? Two eighty. Two eighty. Two eighty. So sometimes when you got a really long uh, statement to make, the people that do it will go into their notes app. Uh, take a screenshot of it and post it because it's longer than 280 characters. Well, that's yep. what Max Scherzer did. And Max Scherzer, I, just, I, I like saying his name. Max Scherzer said in a tweet, quote, it's a little long, so I'll read it. Bear with me. After discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with Major League Baseball in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based on the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe Major League Baseball's economic strategy would completely change if all all documentation were to become public information. So Scherzer is basically saying, yo, Major League Baseball, Open up your books. We want to see everything. Now, is that, let me ask you, is that the player's right to go to those these owners and be like, yo, we need to see all of your books? Yeah, I think so. Transparency is the best thing, right? We talked about it yesterday with Ryan Braun lying. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I just don't think they're going to find anything. I would love to, for them to have the opportunity to look. Uh, so, so this is uh, obviously the... MLB owners are proposing a tiered salary structure where the highest paid players would possibly see less than 40% of their salaries that players already agreed on to prorate after the season had been delayed. That was in March. And under this system, Scherzer, who was supposed to make nearly $30 million this year, 
would see his salary reduced to less than $7 million. See, I'm just I'm just wondering what the players think they're going to find if the owners opened up their books, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty easy that you can say, hey, if we don't have fans in the stands, we lose out on gates. If we don't have fans in the stands, we lose out in mem- most memorabilia and obviously all of food and beverage sales. Mm-hmm. And basically, the only the only money we have coming in would be online memorabilia and TV. I, I don't know what else they would be quote-unquote hiding. Now, I do understand where Scherzer has a gripe about this because if Scherzer is going to make almost $30 million – and his salary is going to be reduced less than seven. Nelson, would you if you, would you want to lose twenty three million dollars? You wouldn't want to lose twenty three million dollars, <laughs> but, but I'd uh, like to make seven. Agreed. I, I get. I would be a little salty too if all of a sudden my wallet was twenty three million dollars lighter. But also, let's take into consideration what's happening right now. Uh, I think everyone's wallet is a little lighter. And there's a worldwide yeah, but how, pandemic. Yeah, how many people had to show up for work the last two months with reduced hours, reduced salary, and they didn't have a choice in it? They didn't get to say, well, um, boss, can I see your books? <laughs> right? And here's the other thing. I just The average American's getting totally just rocked. I just saw a report from a bunch, a bunch of news stations that – Unemployment, if you're trying to get unemployment, they're backlogged so much that it could take. Are you ready for this? If you're waiting for unemployment, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news for you. It's a story I just saw this morning. If you're backlogged on unemployment, it could take all the way, this is what they thought, to October. (laughs) October, Nelson. That's what? June, July, August, September. That's That's almost five months. For a backlog of unemployment payments. That's insane. That's the average American. That's if, you know, obviously unemployment is the highest it's ever been. That's crazy, man. So I get Chargers beef, but let's be honest with ourselves. A lot of people, if, okay, let's say, oh, I was going to make 20, I was going to make $30 million this year, but I still can make seven. I think I'd still go for that seven as I'm playing half a freaking season. But at the end of the day, probably is going to be meaningless. When you look back on the season, are you really going to care? Like, are you really going to say, yeah, so-and-so won it? There's no asterisks next to that. There's, it's no different than any other season. Isn't this season kind of going to be a throwaway? Honestly, yeah. But for baseball, it's not. Because we talked about it before that they need to get out and market. They need to be the only show in town mm-hmm. because they're losing popularity. For them, for the players... Yeah, it might be throwaway for their salaries. It might have an asterisk next to the team that wins. But in the long term for Major League Baseball, it could be huge. Yeah, you got to look at the long play of it, right? But the season itself is going to be... I mean, how do you? How would if there ever is a season, how would you feel? Well, it? that's for every single sport. That's for yeah, baseball, that's, that's for, for basketball, that's for, that's for hockey. Like if the Bucks. If the Bucks win the NBA championship and they play it this year, man, I'll even look at it and be like, it wasn't it wasn't the same as if they did it last year. Yeah, I want to talk NBA coming up. Damian Lillard also said something about who should be the MVP that kind of made me raise an eyebrow. And Nelson made some comments yesterday that got me thinking. I was tossing and turning last night thinking about it. I wanted to have some fun with it. 
We'll do that coming up. I forgot how the conversation came up. <laughs> exactly, but Nelson said that he wanted to see Brett Favre win a Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings. You said that, correct? No, you said you would go. You would never go back and change. Yeah, that Brett Favre. The that interception pick. against the Saints. I said, and you said you wanted to see him in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I said I'd like to see Brett Favre get to another Super Bowl. And I almost vomited on the spot. As much as I love Brett Favre, I never want to see the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl. But here's what I thought about: What's one player you loved on a team you hated? Player I loved on a team I hated. Yeah, like I will be completely honest. Brett Favre, love Brett Favre. I feel like that's an easy answer. When he was on the Vikings, I hate the Vikings, but I love Brett Favre. Who was a player or players that you loved, but they were on a team that you couldn't stand and hated? I'll say another one for the Vikings: Randy Moss. I loved Randy Moss. That dude was sick. I think I was a little young. I still remember watching Jerry Rice, but it's still when you're in your, you're not, you know, fully aware of everything going on. When I finally became that aware level of getting a little older, that's when Randy Moss was at his height. I was like, I love Randy Moss. So think about it. Nelson, I know one of his Brett Favre. I got, I got. Cam, what's up? What's up, buddy? So Charles Tillman, man, standout cornerback from University of Louisiana Lafayette, goes and plays for the Bears. Yeah, dude. Is this Cam or Camp? Camp. What's going on, brother? Dude, not much. I heard that. I had to tell you about Peanut Tillman, bro. Yeah, I love it, dude. How you been? <laughs> not too bad, y'all. We've been doing good, man. You know, just surviving every day at the time. There we go. There we go. So, I'll get off the line and let somebody else call Hey, it. Hey, Camp. What's up? SEC sucks, bro. <laughs> How dare you? I... Number one, national champion. <laughs> Number one in the draft, too. Talk to you later, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Good old camp right there. Coming in. My boy Camp coming in hot. Saw that. Peanut, what do you say? Peanut, Peanut Tillman? Tillman. Dude, Peanut Tillman was a beast. He that was one yeah. of the names that was floating around in my brain next to Brian Urlacher. Isn't he like in the FBI now or CIA or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he was a big he's a big uh justice yeah. kind of guy. Um yeah, Peanut Tillman was Okay. Speaking of Peanut Tillman, do you guys remember when the Milwaukee Brewers let him throw out an opening day pitch, or not opening day, a, a first pitch. Yeah. I just remembered that. I don't remember why, but. I don't did. remember why either. But the Milwaukee Brewers, this had to have been, gosh, four or five years ago. I'll have to look it up. The Brewers let Peanut Tillman throw out a first pitch. And I couldn't. <laughs> I got to look that up. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Tillman threw out a first pitch at a Brewers-Cubs game, and that was in 2016. My question is, why? You know who else I really liked, but he was on a rival team? Scotty Rowland with the Cardinals. Rowland, Rowland, Rowland. Yeah, so I'm going to put it on Twitter and Facebook. A player you loved on a team you hated. My guy Camp just called in, smoking hot. Uh, Hot take right there. I don't know if you heard it because I had to hit hit the dump button. Camp, I, I love the passion. Just yeah. let's work on the F-bombs. F and if, if, if we were on satellite, I would have let it fly. I would have let it fly any, anyway, but the FCC will get after me. I already got Twitter and Jack after me, shadow banning me. But we have um, – they're, they're messing with my tweets. I don't get it. It happens. Camp says Peanut Tillman. Peanut Tillman was a beast.
Yeah, he's, he's a absolutely. really good and a cool guy. I still don't understand well, Cam's another guy my bad. on that defense, Brian Urlacher. Yep. I mean, I hated hate the Bears, but it's hard not to hate Brian Urlacher. He was just that darn good. No, coming out of New Mexico. <laughs> now, how do you like Brian Urlacher, with or without hair? He looks too weird with hair. Way more. <laughs> I'm, way, not, I'm not used to it yet. Way more badass yeah. with the shaved head. I know. No, he's got that hair. He just he looks a little softer. I like I like how he doesn't look as it rough would be like Stone Cold Steve Austin all of a sudden having hair. Have you seen the old pictures of him with hair? Yeah, it's a trip, look, dude. Look that up. It's it is hilarious. Not, it is weird. Like young Stone Cold Steve Austin. He has bangs. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> he it. If you look, I don't. I don't, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Don't look at it if you want your whole perception of him to change. No facial hair and hair up top. Very strange, and not a beer in his hand, which is weird. Does does like uh, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen count? No, I hated the Four Horsemen. Yeah, sure, it can count. I don't care. <laughs> but you gotta love Ric Flair. Hey, speaking of the Bears and Peanut Tillman and Brian Urlacher, our guy, Coach John Fox. John Fox, good morning, Coach. He tweets me at Ebo says. Coach Fox says, I love them, but I hated the team. Walter Payton. Oh, yeah, sweetness. Yeah. Oof. Oof. They have a bunch. Gale Sayers, too. Yeah. I have a bunch of Vikings. that I, I hate the Vikings, but I loved a lot of players. Bob tweets in at Zone Madison. And, Bob, I'm right here with you, brother. Jay Cutler. Cuddy does it, baby. Cuddy. So, so I'm- far we have, like, 20 bears. Yeah, and I got Vikings, too. I said Randy Moss is one of mine. Randy Moss is one of mine. Dude, Randy Moss is was just straight nasty. He was pretty good. Could you imagine? Remember when Brett Favre was screaming from the mountaintops to Ted to go get Randy Moss, get him a weapon, and what did, what did, what did they do? Nothing. Yeah. And Favre, like, retired again and then unretired and then said, screw it, I'm going to the Vikings. And then what? Randy Moss went to the Patriots and broke the record books. That was so insane. And then lost the Super Bowl to freaking Eli Manning and the Giants. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but Randy Moss to me, I actually really like Jared Allen too. Jared Allen, I was a big fan of. Him. Jared Allen was a beast. I love. I hated it when he did it to you know Favre or Rogers, but I loved the lasso sack celebration. There's or something about it. Just how badass that guy is just in real life outside of football, because if you can kill an elk with a spear. Yeah, dude. And have you ever about, seen that video, RJ? I don't think so. If you can Sick. go on YouTube and find Badass. Jared Allen hunting from a tree with a spear and throwing it and killing an elk. It um, is freaking see, now, sweet. That one, I don't really... Dude, Jared cause, Allen... Because he was on the Chiefs first, and that's where like first kind of learned of him, yeah. and it was like, oh, man, this dude's cool. But I get... I guess since he did play for the Vikings, I can count that. My uh, One of my favorite right. Jared Allen memories is when he retired. He was on a horse with a <laughs> cowboy hat, and he like tipped his hat, and he rode off into the sunset. I'm like, how freaking cool was that? <laughs> was like, and then maybe he went and killed another elk with a spear or something. Get along, little doggy. Yeah, yeah, just like, rode on off into the sunset. Like, as a guy that, that As a guy that loved Western, I love Western movies. Like That was just badass. Oh, when AMC does Christmas with the Duke. Oh, and it's man. Just, it's just... John Wayne movie after John Wayne movie. Howdy, Pilgrim. And then you get into the ones where it's like, eh, not, yeah. I don't need the like later, later life ones. No, we don't need Give those. me the Westerns and The Quiet Man. Oh, And uh, Donovan's Reef. You ever seen that one? No, but I have that's, to. That's a good one. It's like uh, post-World War II, they stayed on the island they helped protect it. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it's it's kind of a comedy one. It's it's good. I'll check that out. It's good. Man, I mean, I it's don't know a Christmas it's, movie, too. It takes place over Christmas. So. I don't know if it's fistful of dollars, a few dollars for a few dollars more, or good to bad and ugly. Ooh, the Clint Eastwood ones? The Those, spaghetti westerns? Oh, the spaghetti westerns. Yeah. It's it's the soundtrack is what gets me every time. Anyways, yeah. well, back to the conversation I had here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure people don't care about westerns, but my God. Think of fistful about few do- for a few dollars more Rio all right bravo That's Ooh. Cool. all right so player you loved on a team you hated bob said jay cutler i love jay cutler <laughs> i know you do i have a i have a you know the run dmc logo yeah. i have it uh, that shirt says jay cut but in the run dmc <laughs> logo it's got the six on the back it says cutler my guy palizzi gave it to me cutty's timeless and now his saga with his his now his ex-wife of him telling her to go get a job but he does it. It's <laughs> incredible. Uh, let's see. Schrade says Derek Lee for the Cubs oh, back yeah. in 2007-ish. I could never. There's not a single Cub I ever liked. Even even Cubs that came on the Brewers eventually, I still couldn't stand them. Really? Ah, it it, it, it uh, took a little while. What, why am I blanking on his name? Aramis Ramirez. Ramirez. Thank you. Amr- yeah. yeah. I, it took me about – how long was he on the Brewers for? Aramis Ramirez? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would guess like three, four three years. I thought it was three, three years. It took me about two years to come around to him. I liked him right away because he so was you, like, I'm here to beat the Cubs. I just I liked his production, but I, was, I looked at him like, dude, you're a Cub. I just can't do it. So you must have really hated Jim Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> being, being a Cardinal and a Cub. And then at the end, so that he goes, Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Reds. The only team he didn't play for in the Central was the Pirates and then technically the Houston Astros. So Pirates, for example, there's a good one. Andrew McCutcheon. I guess I don't really hate the Pirates, though. Yeah, when when you go, like, f- three years without losing to the Pirates, like, it's hard to hate the Pirates. Yeah, I guess I don't hate the Pirates, so it's got to be a team you hated. It's it's like uh, a player you loved the, the Lions. Team you hated. I'm not counting Barry Sanders because I didn't hate the Lions. I don't hate the Lions. I hate the Lions for ruining careers of Barry Sanders and, like, the Calvin Johnson. I I guess you could say that, but like, as just a if, if I was an impartial do you outside really observer, hate the Lions though. No, yeah, I in, I'm like indifferent on the Lions. In fact, I feel sorry for him, kind of <laughs> like their fan base. I just I feel for him. It's it's he's not on any teams I hate, but uh, Richard Sherman. I just love his personality. I've always liked Richard Sherman. I like yeah. when people get really butthurt about his trash talk. Remember when he's like, "Well, I'm the best corner in the game." You try to come at me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's what you're going to get. And I like the people now who are like, oh, look at you now. It's like, dude, he's well, near people, the end of his career. People <laughs> were so mad about Richard Sherman saying that. Oh, yeah. I was like, how dare he? There's kids watching. I'm like, what? What did he say? What did he say that was bad? I, I do worse trash talk when I'm playing like Mario Kart. Yeah. I'll make some people blush when I'm playing Mario Kart. <laughs> what Richard Sherman says is like G-rated. Yeah. I mean, that, that's outside of being outspoken. No, I kind of hated the Seahawks, though. I've hated the Seahawks since the fail Mary. But, okay, so you so liked like, Richard Jeff- uh, Sherman, though, right? Yeah. How about you, Rowdy? You got any ones that like football outside of the Vikings and Bears? <laughs> which we got a lot well, of Vikings Jared, and Bears. Jared Allen was a good one. Brian Erlacher was a good one. I mean, I hate the Bears. I hate the Vikings. Outside of the Seahawks are up there. I have two stops for one guy. Purdue and Tampa Bay, Mike Allstott. <laughs> oh, he, wow. Yeah. He crushed Wisconsin like every year uh, they played. And then in Tampa Bay, well, it was still the old black and blue division. He was there. And yeah, he seemed to do really well against the Packers, too. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, there's probably some Michigan State basketball players. I really got to think of it because I hate Michigan State. 
Uh, I would say Shannon Brown. Mateen Cleaves. Yeah. I just hated Drew. Or was Drew Neitzel? Neitzel. Drew Neitzel. Yeah. I just hated him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not really talking about the guys yeah, we're you not, hated. We're not talking the about the top of the teams you hated. Yeah, I hate this team and I hated this guy. <laughs> Drew Neitzel. Screw you, dude. <laughs> hate that guy. Oh, man. There was, um, I see, like, when it comes to Illinois basketball, I've always been kind of indifferent, but when they were really good, I kind of hated them just because they had that, you know, that, it was like a little mini rivalry, I guess, with the Badgers. Yeah. But I love that team with Luther Head and, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. And all those guys, D Brown, the, those guys uh, were pretty badass. Williams, uh, yeah, Augustine, Augustine. That Powell, team was fun to watch. Yeah. I really liked Luther Head for some reason. I'm, I, I have no idea why. Who is a player you loved on a team you hated? Bob says Jay Cutler. <laughs> Schrade says Derek Lee for the Cubs in around 2007 ish. We go to Facebook. Our guy Bo Hoffman. The we love the Hoffmans here. Hoffmans, keep on keeping on, babies. Carrie Wood, says Bo Hoffman. He, was, he wasn't just filthy. He was nasty. What's your take on Carrie Wood, Nelson? Well, that was when it was him and Mark Pryor. Mark Pryor. And then they both couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Now they, Dusty Baker ran their arms off. Dusty Baker was too busy <sighs> getting it going a little bit, wasn't he? No, you always you always confuse him and Ron Washington. I sw- oh, do yeah. I always do that? Yep. Yes. I swear Dusty Baker had a little... No, that was all Ron Washington. My, sorry, my allergies are acting up today. I always do that, don't Dusty I? Dusty Baker was the toothpick. Oh! Or still is the toothpick. Yeah. You sure? Okay, yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta look it up, just to make sure. And his kid almost died at home plate. <laughs> um, okay, then we also have right here... Oh, yeah, there it is, Ron Washington. Damn it. Then you have uh, Joe. What's up, Joe Classic? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, Ron Washington actually made it to a World Series. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Joe Classic says Randy Moss. That was one of my nominees as well. Randy Moss, straight cash, homie. And then after we, he retired, he went straight bass, homie, Ooh. because he Randy Moss loves to fish. You ever watch uh, any Randy Moss specials when he's fishing? It's hilarious. I, no. I have he's not. a prolific bass fisherman. Uh, John Jansen. What's up, Johnny? He says, a player I loved on a team I hated, Khalil Mack. You really like Khalil Mack? You guys like Khalil Mack? I just think he's a good player. He's a good I, don't, player. I don't think I'd say I like yeah. him. Yeah. Not a player I like. But also, but that's, his, that's, his, that's his right to say it. Yeah. Khalil Mack. There you go, Johnny. And then Brian says, what's up, Brian Morning? Joey Votto. No. I See, I like just don't him. hate the Reds. I don't hate the Reds. So, I mean, Brian hates the Reds. Love Joey Votto. Joey Votto had some insane stat. That Nelly, you brought to my attention last year. I think his stat it came to an end though. Yeah. What was this? It was. I don't remember the exact number. He went so many at bats, which was like, I don't even remember how many, but it was an insane amount. Where it was he years. never, he never popped out to the pitcher, catcher, or first baseman. And it was like a decade, wasn't it? Years. It was like, it it was was like a ten long years. Time. Because he choked up like five inches on the bat at certain counts. Joey Votto is a <laughs> badass. I just don't hate I am I'm so indifferent on the Reds. I don't hate the Reds, but Joey Votto ruled. And you know who else I really like that's on the Reds? And Nelly probably will attest to this as well. Scooter Jeanette. Had his best years with the Reds. Yeah. Remember he couldn't hit lefties. Now he's a free agent. Couldn't hit lefties, right, Nell? It's hard to hit him when uh, you're not in to face him. <laughs> yeah, and then when they uh when you do face him and they're brewer lefties, then you do hit him. Because that was uh, that was the Brewers' knock on him. Couldn't hit lefties. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see here. Infra, uh, Lit Bucky. Okay. okay. Lit Bucky says, 
I love the player, hated the team. T.O. Terrell Owens, when he was with the Eagles. The stuff he pulled off, so funny. The driveway workouts during a press conference, also awesome. I love T.O. Uh, hate the Eagles, hate the Cowboys. Love Terrell Owens, though. When he was with the Niners, when he was on the – I hate the Niners, too. When he was on the Dallas Star, <laughs> how cool was that? T.O. goes out there. He does his little uh, celebration on the Dallas Star in the middle of the field. And then someone retaliated doing it, and then T.O. did it again. And then there was like a fight broke out on the field. We're going to go, guys. Man, that's actually this brought up a good one. Dallas Cowboys slash Penn State Nittany Lion, Sean Lee. Sean Lee? Yeah. I never really loved him, but yeah. Yeah, never really. I was indifferent on I him. Always, I always really liked him and Paul Puzlesny when Paul they played Puzlesny? for Penn yeah. State. I was like, I, ta- I liked him. like, I hate the Cowboys. Love Mike McCarthy. Couldn't say I hate couldn't say I, I liked the Paul Puzlesny and hated his teams because he was a Bill, Bill and I think a Jaguar. Yeah. What about Tony Romo? Did you guys love Tony Romo in his playing days? It's decent. Wisconsin yeah. guy from Wisconsin. Yeah. I, it's but at that point in time, I didn't really hate the Cowboys. Like the last time I hated the Cowboys, uh, I really liked Emmett Smith. Yeah, and really, nobody, I used to have Emmett Smith shoes when I was a kid, and really nobody else on that team I liked. I mean, Aikman was good. Didn't like him. Uh, Michael yeah. Irving didn't like him. I was always uh, different on Irving. Leon Lett. <laughs> Leon I, Lett. I solely liked him because on a, a game against the Dolphins, he tried to pick up a ball in the end zone, uh, biffed it, and Miami recovered for a touchdown. Back in the day, uh, I I was a big Miami fan. Like my dad, really? Yeah, my parents like came back from Florida. They went to Miami, and I had a like tiny like i was like three or four at the time so oh, I, I had okay, a yeah, tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. dan marino jersey sure uh and that's what they brought me back and i was like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i was a i was a miami and green bay fan and still kind of am because they're both opposite leagues so i can cheer for them uh what about when it comes to college football i'm trying to think of players that i i liked but hated the team and it's hard <sighs> That one's tough for me. I don't know why, but that one's a tough one for me. When it comes to college basketball, there was a couple of Michigan State players that I – Michigan State always got some pretty fun players to watch. And I used to just – oh, I don't used to. I still hate Michigan State when it comes to basketball. But one guy that I thought was a beast, I always liked watching Shannon Brown for Michigan State. Loved the player, yeah. hated the team. Shannon Brown I thought was always just a fun guy to watch. Could throw down. Ball. Yeah, I mean, there's it, like with Michigan State, it goes back a long time to just be like, God, I hate those guys. It's like <laughs> I just hate those guys. But you know, they have the players where you're like, if only we could get a guy like that. Yeah, I would say um, I would say guys that I like had a love hate relationship and hated the team was like a Robbie Hummel and Eric Aaron Kraft. Because you liked him, oh, I and you're like, hated Aaron Kraft. <laughs> I know you hate him, but you're like, if he was on my team, I know I would. Oh like yeah, because it's, it's like Brad Grace, Davison. It's like a Grayson Allen. Do you think even Duke fans like Grayson Allen? No. You don't think so? No. Do you think there's going to be a Major League Baseball season? Yay or nay? Very easy on Twitter. Uh, and I'm looking at um, our poll right now. It's a back and forth. I wouldn't say battle, but it's a back and forth vote right now. After leading the way for almost an hour, yet it was yes. Now it's changed. No. 
56.8% say no. I do not think there will be an MLB season. Then we go to Facebook here, where I also put as well. Our guy, T. Lenoy. What's up, Trav? He says, well, Trav, you don't really help out here on the message. He says, you're kidding, right? In which way you're kidding? Yes or no? Come on, T. Let's go. And well, look at this guy. Comes marching in. Forgot his WD-40 with the woo, squeaky woo, mics. Woo, woo. What's up, RJ? You guys got to fix this. What do you mean, you guys? Your studio. Are we engineers? Wow. Are, answer the question. Passing the buck, huh? Are we not engineers? Not your fault. Are we engineers? It's not your fault. Are we engineers? It's not your fault. Are we engineers? It's not your fault. I do can do this, though. <laughs> That's where your mic goes off. <laughs> RJ, do you think there's going to be a Major League Baseball season? No. <laughs> no. I honestly don't think there's going to be either. I mean, you... You can all go back to when they agreed upon the prorated salary. When was that? That was in March, right? Mm-hmm. Well. The world's changed what, quite a bit since right. March. And what else happened in that? When they said, here we are, we're all going to go to Arizona. Nope, can't be away from my nope. family for five months or whatever it is. Except... You know, a lot of your families don't live in the city you live in when you where you play and, every summer. And you're traveling, <laughs> know, right? and you're traveling half well, the time. I get it. What they're saying too, though, is like you still could be able to see their family. It's right. just now it would be well. There's testing and quarantine and yada yada yada. But what are the old you, people saying in nursing homes? You didn't agree good, to it if you said no. We're not going to one singular place. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like an agreement to me at all. So whereas the players say they agreed to it, a prorated salary. They didn't agree to anything because you said you weren't going to go play in one city. I don't understand how that's an agreement. You said no as a union. Maybe it was a gentleman's agreement, RJ. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, yeah, then but, you have Max Scherzer out here saying that he's like, he's like, no, we need to stand firm, stand tall, obviously. And, and I like the show us your books. Okay. Um, I mean, you you going to show and play all your cards too? Uh, right now, he's not going to play at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Show me how much money you're making from your endorsements. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So they say, uh, I'm reading this article right here. They say an interesting tidbit about Scherzer's statement beyond the straight up assertion that stalling will continue until good faith improves is the subtle acknowledgement that the latest proposal from the owners was intended to sway public opinion. The final sentence re- referencing how the release of certain documentation would affect MLB's economic strategy seems to hint that it would not be in the league's best interest to keep suggesting the kind of stuff they're putting on the table if the public knew all of the numbers that the players were being told about. It really just goes back to this is a business. And uh, was it you, the one who said the person who just got laid off or yeah. reduced hours? Hey, boss, open <laughs> your books. Let me books see up. those books. Yeah. Not going to happen. Let's say Nelson goes marching into uh, the corporate wing over here. Hey, I want to see your books. Right. Unless it's a public traded company, don't have to do it. <laughs> and, like, the, yeah, it's just to the point where, yeah, I like how um, players must be getting in the media's ears or the union must be getting in the media's ears because the media is like, well, let's look at at the teams themselves. Yeah. Whereas, 
half these sports networks that are covering uh, this topic have lost friends because of furloughs and firings Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And some of them are even on reduced pay. Like, I... It's, um... It's... It's the business side of things versus the we had an agreement side of things. Mm -hmm. And yet the business side seems to look at the pandemic we are currently in. RJ, it's in these trying times. Sorry. (laughs) In these trying times we're in. Whatever side you fall on, you know the economy has been hit hard by this. Oh, that's an understatement. Yeah. So the business side and what, 40%? comes from the ticket gate. Yeah, 40%. Even more so for Milwaukee. Right. And you have players who are totally throwing that out the window. I don't care. I need my money. Where's my money? Once again. Where's my money? It goes right back. You sound like me during fantasy football season. It goes right back to being uh, the the team player. You're not. We've known that about baseball for a while, though, because, you know, it, for everything their union did for sports, creating free agency, creating uh, uh, you know larger contracts for people, the fact they will never have a salary cap, um, the fact that there is such a discrepancy between the lowest paid guy and the highest paid guy, yeah. your union, uh, even though you're unified, doesn't the the you're only the, unified if you're making buku cash. If everybody is making buku cash yeah, the, right the, now, like Jeff Cirillo said, yeah, Cir- I was yeah. told to sit there and shut up. Yeah, Cirillo in, was on our show last Friday. Was that last Friday? Mm-hmm. And Cirillo said that his rookie year, 1994-95, his first season in the bigs, was the strike shortened season. And the Players Association told him essentially to be quiet. Yeah. Just you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a rook. You haven't paid your dues. Just sit there. Don't say anything. And I like then Tom Glavin, the player rep for the union at the time, was like, I thought I was doing the right thing. I screwed up. Yeah, Glavin said that like two weeks ago. Yeah. He's like, I screwed up. And he's like, we took a big hit, and it took a long time, a steroid scandal, and a home run race for baseball to come back. (laughs) That took five or six years. Madness, man. Oh, that was 98, three or four years, depending on, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, I don't see, I don't foresee them coming to terms of anything here. If, no. And the players are just hurting themselves in the long run. Well, now Scherzer is kind of, if you, if you read between the lines, maybe he means it, maybe he doesn't, but is he talking about essentially, um, when the owners came out with their proposal, 82 games that they're trying to set it up, is this all just a front to make the players look bad? So the owners don't take the heat. No. That's what they're saying Scherzer's suggesting suggesting in this. He, uh, no, he's asserting that stalling will continue until good faith improves is the subtle acknowledgement that the latest proposal from the owners was intended to sway public opinion. It's uh, who, who, he, who are you reading the quotes from yesterday? Who is that? Scherzer said in his last Because he said the same thing. I'm glad to hear that the other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe Major League Baseball's economic strategy – would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. I'd like to hear Eric Sogard's thoughts on this. <laughs> hey, he just signed a nice deal this year. Oh. He's not going to get paid on it. <laughs> no. Let's go to the phone, 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Joan Ebo Show. Who do I got? The wizard. I had to get in before. Uh, Whoa. 
I had to get it before Miss Trivia. And, oh, my God. Oh, you already missed it, Dave. I know. Thank God. No, I heard it. I turned it off. <laughs> I was in the process of wiping. You know, they, they, they tell you now. How do you know when you're done wiping? Because your fingers break through the toilet paper. <laughs> you need a, You just need a... Uh, a Scratch and sniff. A bidet. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you need a bidet. Oh, my God. No, I... That's, that's some water on that buddy yours. That's what you have a hey, that's what you have a dog for. Do you, well, last <laughs> do you have a dog, Dave? <laughs> Thank God, no. <laughs> hey, no you just I, walk around with a stinky butt. No, I just have a lot of C and I chicks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Dave, what do you think about the Major League Baseball? You think there's well, going to no, be a season? Uh, no, guys, this baseball owners are smart. They are being so slick because they've seen what happened in the NFLPA. Because baseball, 65% of all players make under a million dollars. Well, this latest policy is we're going to pay all the young guys, all the inexperienced ones, their money, but the, but the rich ones aren't going to get their money. Just like Aaron Rodgers came out and all the rich football players all voted against it. Who voted for it? All the first and second year players. So what baseball is doing is saying, hey, since 65% um, aren't going to get paid, the person that should be worried is Tony Clark because uh, – this is not going to end well for, for the Players Association because 65% of those players who aren't going to get paid now making the a million or 500000 this is slick by an owner. Now, there's going to be – I'm hoping, I'm praying there's no baseball because, guys – Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're hoping and praying there's no baseball? I don't want baseball because look, – look at what they want to do. They want to, you know, spitting and sunflower seeds. Everybody's got to be six feet apart. You can't throw the ball around you, you can't touch hands. You can't um, kumbaya. Dave, I heard that by. before they, like, let's say there's, like, an infield, like, hit. I heard that before they can throw the ball to first base that they have to take out a bottle of hand sanitizer, yeah. clean the ball off, and then throw yep. it to first. Or they got to hand to the, to the umpire. The, um, no, baseball is going to be a joke. So I'd better see him cancel it. See you later. Bye-bye. And like I said, guys, this is not going to end well for the, for the uh, high-end players because 65% are going to stand up and say, wait a minute. I'm not going to get my 500000 or $600,000. Screw you, Brian Harper, and screw you, Trout. They've seen what happened in the NFL, and look what happened. You're going to see it happen in baseball. Dave, do you, think, like, do you think any sports are coming back, NBA? or? Well, what I'm tired of – Just your I opinion. I, I guess what? I don't care about proposals. Hey, NBA, NFL, shut up. Nobody cares about proposals. Just come on the radio and say we're going to have blank, and let's do it. Instead – well, new proposal today, new proposal. It's like the damn virus to the scientists every day, something new. Guess what? I don't care because I don't care anymore. I want the NBA to come back because uh, eight teams expand the rosters, you know, play in Orlando, whatever you got to do, and get done with it. Instead, what, what do we got to hear, guys, every day? Hey, Dave, is your bar Silver Eagle open yet? Do you know? You know, I don't know because I, I very seldom go to bars. Um, only one Becker buys, and we all know that's that's once every twenty five years. <laughs> so you're waiting a while for the yeah. next. Well, the last time the last time I went to a bar is when Nelson lost a bet on the. Uh, and Dave, the I was there. Game. We had Vitens with you. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, I've Nelson. never seen a man eat a hot dog so fast. You inhale some. You inhale wieners, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you just stay away from Nelson when you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Nice hearing from you, man. There he goes, Dave, a national treasure right there. <laughs> so he says he doesn't want baseball to come back. I think he secretly doesn't want it to come back because he wants to hold it over our heads that the Brewers don't have a World Series. And then he'll keep mentioning 2016. I don't think he wants it to come back either because he knows the Cubs are going to suck. <laughs> Probably. Uh, let's see. Ryan Ziegler hits us up on Facebook. 
And I have the question, do you think there will be a Major League Baseball season? He says, if there isn't, it will take them twice as long to recover as it did as from the 19 first, first the 1994 strike. This is, um, well, at least they actually played baseball in 1994. Are they going to play baseball? I don't think so. I think this is a lost season. I, I just like what RJ brought up if we go back two months ago. It was originally... I don't know if I want to be away from my family. And just quarantined in Arizona or Florida. Right, and that's when MLB And that's when it first started. said we'll give you your prorated salaries. We're going to start up in 2 weeks in Arizona and then we'll play uh amongst all those or yep. we'll split into two leagues, Arizona Florida. And then they started bringing up the next proposal which was the three city. Yep. And it was kind of kind of the same thing. Whatever I don't know if the, I want to be... Whatever happened to the Japan proposal? Yeah, I think that was just a... That was just fun. That was just out there. That was just a fun idea. <laughs> let's, let's go all the way across the ocean. It's done there anyway. <laughs> then they met, Then they kind of opened it up to you're going to be in your home ballparks, right? Yep. And then it became my health. Yep. I can't do this because I'm putting my, my life on the line. And all of this was still when prorated salaries were on the table. And then when it became a 50-50 split, then it became money. Yep. And now it's still money. Correct. You would be... That is correct. So we went from family to health Health to money. money. And And we're currently at money. What do we know? What was it about the whole time? What will I always be about? Money. Money. This is what it is. If I was a, all right, put your, ACDC wrote a song about it. Put money your, talks. Money talks. ACDC wrote a lot of songs about money. They all kind of sound the same, but they all rock. Uh, put yourself in the shoes yeah, of Max so Scherzer. Different. Let's say Max Scherzer, who's been vocal about it on Twitter now. Scherzer was set to make almost $30 million. Now under this new proposal, he's going to make $7 million. Let's say you're a guy who's going to, I know this is really hard to think about, but let's say you're a guy who's set to lose $23 million. Yep. Aren't you going to be a little unhappy? A little bit, but then I'll remember, oh, yeah, I'm still making seven. And next year, my salary goes from 30 million, or I guess it's hard to even think about seven million to like 32 million. It's hard to think about, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Well, I I would want to know. It's like Scherzer, you want to see Major League Baseball's books. Can I see your bills? Yeah. What's your bank account look like? I want to know what your bills are that. You can't afford it on seven mil. Like what? What's your mortgage or mortgages? What kind of car payments are you looking at? Yeah. What? What? You know what? I want to know. How his, much I want to know frivolous his, spending. Do you have? I want to know his bills. Yeah. Like what his monthly bill expenses? That would be interesting. There you go. Or like so the the teams can ask him to release his taxes. Or how much money did you make off of like <laughs> be funny. your Papa John's commercial yeah. from like a few years ago? Yeah. Or how many? What's he on? He was on a newer commercial like what's here. What's a lifetime Toppers contract for? <laughs> I mean, I would love to ask Jonathan Taylor about it, but now Toppers has fallen really low on my list of pizza I like. <laughs> it's been, what, three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're falling pretty low on my list. Pizza Hut's still under them, though. Is it, though? Are you a Hut apologist? Maybe. <laughs> I don't like last- Pizza Hut. What? RJ, remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, how good it was? Yeah. What that, happened? What they, happened to it? They tried to do that whole specialty pizza thing, what you happened? know, where you could choose your sauces, your crusts, and all that. Then they went, see ya! They churched it up too and much. And then they're, they're going back to what they were. It's like the 
the, little, the give, boy who... Give me a Badger special oh, every dude. day of the week, yeah. and that's the best pizza ever. Yeah, Badger special in the like late 90s, early Mozzarella, 2000s. cheddar, mushrooms, onions, Bro, and sausage. You're preaching oh. to the choir about Badger special. Badger no, special rules. I've pizza just... Hut died after Book It. <laughs> do they still do I Book It? I think they still do it. Oh. I, the kid, well, the kid, I, don't, I don't know. It's the not kids like, still read. It's not like I go in and be like, can I get my button? Dude, the Badger <laughs> special in the late 90s, early 2000s ruled. Oh. Now it's like dog meat. With our Packer Insider, Forbes.com. Find him on Twitter, too. Rob Reichel. Robbie, what's up, man? How we doing, pal? You know, we're doing good. We're doing as good as we can during these <coughs> trying times. How about you, man? <laughs> oh, same thing. Same hey, thing. Just, Rob. I think, I think we're all just patiently and now becoming impatiently waiting for the world to return to a, a sense of normalcy. I thought you I know, saw like, Devontae Adams out in Lake Geneva calling out MSNBC for shaming people for not wearing masks, even though their yeah. camera crew wasn't wearing masks either. Um, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But it wasn't Devontae. It was just a guy wearing a Devontae Adams jersey. So I, <laughs> I thought I saw Devontae out there for a second, but I didn't. But, uh, Rob, last time we talked to you, you were mulching your yard. How's the yard look? Yard's pretty sharp, Bebo. It, it took me two days because <laughs> I'm becoming an old man. Things I used to be able to do in one day, I now do in two. But, um, no, at the end of the day, it looks great. So Good. I guess that, uh, you well, know, if it took a little bit extra time, I guess these days is when we have the time, right? Rob, well, uh, last night, or evening, I guess, it was. Uh, I was uh, out in the yard and my wife looked at me, and she must have been listening to you last Thursday. She goes, if Rob Reichel can get out in his yard to work on it, so can you. So what did I have to do? I was planting pl- some plants in the yard last night, doing some landscaping, nice little hibiscus. I'm going to name it the Reichel. It just reminds there me you of you. So, Robbie, there you go. <laughs> uh, Robbie, Aaron Jones made some comments. He said he wants to be a Packer for life. You think that's going to happen? Ooh, great question, Evo. And, and, and here's what I, what I was telling people yesterday, just to, to temper – temper enthusiasm and just keep things, you know, kind of on the straight and narrow. Everybody at this point in time, uh, regardless of what team you're on, regardless of, of your playing status, you, almost everybody to a T, Evo says, they want to be a, a chief for life, right? They, they want to be a, a, a 49er for life, a Seahawk for life, a Packer for life, etc. Um, it's just, it's what you say to kind of keep the fan base in your good graces and anybody with any PR skills whatsoever understands that the the tricky part obviously with Jones is going to be he has another year and, and clearly they want him to do this but if he has a if he has a year in 2020 evil like he does in 2019 he could price his way out of Green Bay I mean if I if I'm the Packers that that's one of those contracts I might be looking to get done before this particular season starts um, because if he has another 19 touchdown season uh, you know, a year where he where he leads the the league in t- total touchdowns. He was tied, I think, with Christian McCaffrey for that for that honor last year, where where he showed you that he could stay healthy all eighteen games, that he was dynamic in the run game and the pass game. You know, his his price tag Evo is going to be extremely high. Um, it may be higher than what Green Bay can get done because they've got Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark coming up in in the summer and they're in the free agency period of twenty twenty one also. So. Well, the Packers evil really need to get one of those guys probably done. Um, maybe even leading into the season, they've got some cap room yet. They've got some cap flexibility. They, they could they could either get the defensive lineman, the running back, or the offensive tackle done, and then just have, to have fewer headaches to deal with in in March of 2021. But um, 
hey, Jones Jones is a remarkable young talent, Evo. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a sensational locker room presence. He's, he's beloved by his teammates. Um, he really is top to bottom, a, a class act, a great kid. If he turns into an eight or a 10-year Packer, I think that's a huge win for the organization. Um, but clearly financials always come into play, and, and I do think it's going to get tricky. Yeah, it's definitely going to get tricky. You're not talking, you know, run DMC either, man. We're talking money in the <laughs> NFL. So it's always tough, Robbie. I love the guy, and he wears a mean poncho too. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. Well, was the writing on the wall kind of when they did draft um, uh, the running back? Well, I'll be honest, people. Here's how I read that. Um, I, it was the writing on the wall for Jamal Williams. And, okay, gotcha. And and not Dylan. That that that's how I took that. And I I do think. And 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 if the fallback winds up being Jamal Williams and Dylan, I I just I think one of the I, I think I think they're just too similar a backs. Evil. They're they're not going to keep both. Um. In fact, I I don't think they'd get a great deal for him. Maybe a sixth or a seventh. But Jamal Williams could be a trade chip bait if he if he first of all if we have training camp if we have a summer and and if he has a big preseason. I mean I don't. I don't know where Green Bay goes with carries if they've got all three of those guys on the roster here in 2020. I understand it's great to have depth and, and, and the floor wants to run the ball more this year, but um, boy, to, to have to have two guys who, have, who are proven commodities in the league, and, and that's what Jones and Williams are right now. They're, yeah. they're, they're proven commodities, Evo, and, and then a second-round running back who, you know, if you look through the course of, of, of history, that 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 player typically is going to get 150 plus carries in in a given season. I just I don't know where all the carries go next year. Um, if you've got all three on the roster, the best the best case scenario for Green Bay when it's all said and done, Evo might be to get a fifth or a sixth for Jamal Williams if if you can pull that off here near the end of the summer for for 2021 and move ahead with with Jones and Dylan and then get Jones locked up. I I think I think again we're only guessing they. They're never going to tip their hand on this evil, but but I think that particular combination um, of Jones and Dylan could be extremely potent from a you know a thunder and lightning type of backfield over the next three four years, and and we know that's where Lafleur wants to go uh, with this offense, and I think the biggest question now we will become just you know which which chips on the board are the ones. Green Bay is going to move forward with here after the 2020 season. Rob Reichel joining us right now. Uh, Rob, I'm looking at Forbes.com. I found this article. I was uh, kind of eye-opening, man. I kind of forgot like just how abysmal the Packers were at times because I'm looking at uh, your five biggest questions if you want to opine away on this a little bit. But your first sentence really jumps out. I mean, that's 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 because you're a pro's pro, Robbie. The first sentence got to grab you. <laughs> the numbers certainly won't wow anyone. Can you opine away on the uh, the offense for the Packers coming into this season? Yeah, Evo. I mean, it was it was remarkably ordinary last year in in all the major statistical categories, and you know, including a lot of the quarterbacks' numbers as well. But scoring offense, um, rushing offense, passing offense. I mean, they were in the majority of those categories, Evo, between about thirteen and eighteen. Um, I don't have the article in front of me, but I, I think it was somewhere in that range. And, um, you know, for a Green Bay offense that since Favre showed up in 92 and Favre spent 16 years running the show and, and now Rodgers since 08, I mean, the overwhelming majority of those years, Evil, especially, um, you know, a lot of those years with your guy, Mike McCarthy, the Packers were in the top five in scoring offense. They were in the top five in total offense. 
Um, they were in the top five in passing offense. Rushing offense, they've never been particularly good at because they've they've been a pass-first outfit, and, and, that, and that's how they want to live. But when you look back to last year, Evo, I mean, it, it, it and you really break down the numbers across the board as a football team, which which is what a lot of us do in the off season when when there's a little more time to get into that and write this kind of stuff. Evo, it it is absolutely amazing how that group went thirteen and three. Because um, on the defensive side of the ball, Evo, it's not dramatically better in in terms of the numbers. I mean, they were ninth in scoring defense, which really is about their best best number um, across the board from a from a statistical perspective, but. Um, at the end of the day, they won the turnover battle, Evo. They were really good in the red zone, keeping people out of the end zone, and they were 9-1 and one in, in one-score games, and, that, and that's how they won these games. But, um, yeah, across the board, Evo, I mean, they didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver. That's, that's because Adams was hurt. Um, Aaron Jones' numbers were, were remarkably impressive. That, that jumps off the page at you. But, you know, a number two or a number three pass catcher, that – that, that wasn't really there. That, that didn't exist. Aaron Rodgers was, you know, for at least Aaron Rodgers, he was remarkably average. And, and in a lot of categories across the league, Evo, he was remarkably average. So you, you do kind of scratch your head and say, man, how did that group go 13-3? and three? And, and Evo, I think that's why all the naysayers right now um, are kind of saying Green Bay looks like about an 8-8, eight and eight, a 9-7. and seven. Maybe if they're fortunate, a 10-6 and six kind of football team. I, I think ESPN's Football Power Index the other day had them at eight wins. I think Vegas has them at nine wins. So um, the way the numbers trend from last year, Evo, everybody kind of looks at it and says there was a lot of fluky things that happened for that football team to win 13 games. Totally. I mean, I think they're, yeah, they're a nine and seven team if you look at just their scoring margin or whatever it was. And then I'm looking at this. uh, You said the Power Football Index talking about how they give them a 43% chance of making the playoffs this season. Is it, who in this draft do you think, Robbie, is going to be someone who's going to have an immediate impact to help this team get better? It's a great question. Even maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe nobody. I mean, that's and that's what had so many people scratching their heads after you know after the fact of this draft. They're going to find interesting and clever ways to use the third round tight end slash fullback slash H back to Gurup from Cincinnati. I mean, he's he's going to be. Danny Vital, and then and then some inside this offense. They're going to put the ball in his hands. He he was kind of a piece they identified, I think, Evo from the start. And you know, if if they, you know, we talked about this at the start of the segment, Evo. I mean, if if, if let's just say Dylan gets an opportunity to to carry the ball ten times a game, which which might be a stretch because right now he's no better than three on the depth chart. Um, but let's just say they would potentially at the end of summer trade a Jamal Williams or something like that, um, or one of the guys gets hurt. Dylan, Dylan could certainly have an impact, Evo. Um, I, I think he's going to be a nice back and a nice player for him. But, but chances are that we won't see that until 2021. Right. One of these offensive linemen could come into play, maybe the Runyon kid at some point in time, Evo. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I'm not sold that Ricky Wagner's the answer at right tackle. And if he has a rough summer, if they don't believe in him coming out of training camp, there could be some juggling on that offensive line. Uh, I, 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 Lane Taylor's set to make a lot of money, Evo. I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to be on the final roster. That could be a salary cap casualty. And if that's the case, they, they could plug in one of these young guys to play guard somewhere along the line. 
um, and, and then kick Billy Turner out to right tackle if, if it doesn't work out for Wagner. So I, I, I think there's, there's a few options there, Evo, but when you look at Green Bay's draft class, compared to some other draft classes and, and you know, if, if you're the, the Cowboys, for example, and you know, you hit a home run with a wide receiver right. in round one, right. Or you're the Vikings and you got a wide receiver in a corner who, you know, are plug and play kind of players, you know, in, in, in those cities, Evo, they know who coming out of their draft, who's going to play right away in September in green Bay. We just, we don't. Yeah. Why'd you think big Mike was smiling ear to ear when they got that wide receiver right away, man, he's <laughs> never, he's never experienced it before. And Robbie, maybe this is the answer. Uh, well, I guess not on offense. It would be in defense. The Packers find their underdog of underdogs in Canada. The French speaking Pepe Le Pé, Marc Antoine de Croix. Did you hear about this guy? <laughs> I did, Evo. Let's, <laughs> let, 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 let's not get too crazy about uh, <laughs> you know, Brian Kuntz, I guess, kudos to him. He's finding players from all over the place. But uh, Yeah, Montreal, yeah. baby. Let's go. Right, but uh, but I mean, at at the end of the day, this is uh, these are long shot type of guys, right? There aren't there aren't a lot of these guys that that come into the league and make a mark. I feel like I think Robbie, I think Gudekunst has like a thing for guys with like long hair, like they're going to translate to be good at football. Jake Humero, this this French dude, come on, this French Canadian guy, long hair. But Robbie, on a serious note, uh, do you think right now with all the weirdness going on in the world and and whatever, I saw CBS Sports. Uh, someone involved in the NFL, I forget the name, uh, doesn't think that they're going to have a season on time. Uh, from everything you're hearing, what, what do you think is going to happen with the season? Just conjecture. Well, first of all, I, I mean, there will, there will be a season, Evo. There will be some form of a season, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Whether that starts, you know, in the second week of September, or they bump it back a month. They, they, they are structured. You know, the, the way they did the schedule, Evo, certainly allows them the flexibility to bump things back. Um, a little bit if if they indeed need to and and play things into you know late February early March instead of the first week of February. Um, Evo, I mean the the draft kind of convinced me that the NFL is going to march to the beat of its own drum. They're they're the they're the bully on the block, right? They're they're the ones that are just going to kind of soldier ahead, I think, and and figure out solutions and figure out ways and and and, and tell the rest of the world deal with it. If uh, if they do indeed go ahead and play, and I, and I really believe they will, Evo. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think there's much doubt that that we're going to have a season. Now again, whether that's in front of eighty thousand people on a Sunday, or that stadium is empty, or it's somewhere in between, the, these are the details. I think that still need to get worked out. Obviously, stuff with testing and doctors and um, all that kind of stuff will, will have to be. Um, figured out and approved for the players to feel comfortable to go ahead with things. But no, Evo, I, I fully expect there to be a season, and um, you know, I, I, I think I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see all these major sports leagues coming back here now in the next six to eight weeks. They're going to figure things out. Maybe except maybe baseball. Those knuckleheads can't figure much out. Oh my god, out. I know, but, dude, it's uh, frustrating. And you know what? And you know what? Let them go somewhere and die. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, Robbie with the hot takes. But um, but you know the NBA will figure it out, Ebo, and and I think college football will eventually figure out, and and the NFL will figure it out, and and I and we all know the reason why. There's there's just too much money at stake, you know. Too big to fail. Yep, I mean, oh, the NFL owners can survive a hit, Ebo, for a season. The NBA owners can, 
athletic departments probably can't, and that's why I think you'll you'll see some form of college football, whatever that winds up being. But I think when this is all said and done, Evo, it might look dramatically different than what we're used to, kind of like the world we've lived in the last three months has been so different. But um, but I do think we're going to have pro sports here sooner than later. Yeah, Robbie, tonight when I am uh, watering my hibiscus that my wife made me plant because of you, I will be thinking of your awesome takes as I uh, you know help it grow. So thanks, Robbie. I appreciate your time, man. All right, buddy. You guys, uh, you guys have a great day. Me yeah. too, man. There he is Rob Reichel. Find him at Forbes.com. Also on Twitter at Rob Reichel. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, so uh, Jeff Passan tweeted this out: Players in Major League they want a season of 100 plus games for full prorated salaries, and they look at specific documents to better understand Major League Baseball's finances. The Players Association's forthcoming proposal may simply ignore Major League Baseball's economic proposal from the owners. So then another guy quotes this, um, some big J guy from ESPN, NFL insider. And uh, he says, NFL fans should be paying attention to what's happening in baseball because something similar is almost certain to happen in the NFL. Owners are expecting a difficult conversation with the NFLPA at some point about lost 2020 revenue and what the owners call, quote-unquote, Sharing the pain. What does this tell you right now? Are they starting to set it up that the NFL owners and the NFL PA are going to get together and say, we need to, as this guy says, quote unquote, share the pain and take a hit on your contracts because they're going to be taking a hit through the gates on revenue. Are now players going to have to take a hit on their contracts? Is I'm this torn what on they're this. setting up? I'm torn on this. Because didn't the NFL just come up with a new bargaining agreement? Yep. And yep. that's that's brand new for the next decade. Also, I really don't want to talk about this because it it's talking about how it might affect the upcoming NFL season, right? And I want NFL. I think most people out there want to see the NFL. And But the only good thing I can think of is that if they're starting to talk about it now, that this gets done and they actually find a, a resolution to it because yeah. they're they're talking about it and it's late May. So the only difference is the NFL has a hard cap. So in theory, wouldn't the players have to accept a lower cap number if the revenue does decrease? And then the owners decide they don't want to help supplement the cap. So it screws it screws their teams if the cap isn't adjusted, so in the end it kind of does work together. There's a lot of moving parts here because baseball doesn't – that's the reason why they that Major League Baseball doesn't want to do a, a revenue share is because it's viewed as a salary cap. What do we know about the Major League Baseball, Nelly? There's no salary cap. What's the NFL have? A salary cap. So everyone's going to be kind of screwed together, right? Hence, sharing the pain. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. That's what it's going to be. Sharing the pain. I, I think the NFL's got a way easier route of figuring it out than Major League Baseball. And I think they have a better shot at actually getting a season in, obviously, since baseball seasons, it would already be in its second month. Yeah. So, I... <laughs> If they're talking about it now, to your point, yes, a very good thing. So that, they that's can get the it only. Done. That's the positive that I see from this is their football is getting out ahead of it, and it's late May, and they're starting to have whispers about how we might have to have this type of sit down. That's a lot of time to figure out 
plan yes. to put in place where baseball's literally on a clock saying you have two weeks to get to spring training too, or this upcoming half season's probably not even going to work. Major League Baseball is just so different without the you know the cap. NFL, I think they could come to an agreement on here because when it comes to contracts, don't you say in the NFL those owners hold more a lot more power than anyone else in professional sports? Well, because we can, you can just cut a guy. Yeah, and the money there's no all guaranteed. It's money. not all guaranteed money in NFL. But also, how about when MLB doesn't have a salary cap, and then when they were offered a fifty-fifty split? Mm-hmm. They freaked out where in the newest bargaining agreement that the NFL signed, I believe, which was this winter was the players were taking 48% yeah. to the, to the owners 52. Yeah. So they're not even at 50% share. And that's what the MLB players scoffed at. Yeah. Well, they, and they so yeah, they hard. have, they have quite a bit to catch up to the major league baseball players and their players association. I just, I foresee. I think the NFL is going to get it done. I don't. I think there's going to be fans in the stands too. Let me ask you about that. Do you think there's going to be fans in the stands for the NFL? I think there will. Be. I think there are, but I I don't think it'll be packed houses. I think it'll be percentages. Man, yeah, percentages to the capacity because they had. Um, I know it's not NFL, but it's close to it. It's like a feeder for the NFL. Ohio State. They were out there doing uh, playing around with numbers and doing social distancing simulations for Ohio Stadium, and they hold over 100,000. They said with the current guidelines, now this was a couple weeks ago, with the current guidelines they're under, they could get twenty to 22,000 people in there for social distancing. If the guidelines were relaxed, they could get upwards of forty-five to 50,000, so almost half full. I wonder how that would work in Green Bay. You know how because you can go on a, a season ticket list, yeah, which is like years and years oh, and it's years, like long. a lifetime. Who would still get the tickets? I don't know. Would it go by who's had the tickets the longest? Like say, yeah, because say you have season tickets and you can only say, do a certain yeah, say, amount. Say, say who they only gets get the right twenty five percent capacity in the stadium. Who gets the right to go? Uh, who was talking about this? I think it was Ohio State. I think Ohio State was saying, well, here's the people that get first priority are obviously team, team members, staff, their family members. And then it goes down the line of essentially it sounded like you, the more money you give to the university, the more likely you are to get into the stadium to watch a game if you feel like you are safe enough to do so, which I totally would be there in a heartbeat. Here's the thing. I, you know, when, when the restrictions were first lifted on, um, Tuesday, I went to the Vintage on the west side, and I had a Bloody Mary, the anytime drink. You can have a Bloody Mary whenever you want. It's delicious anytime. I went to the patio with my wife. We had a drink. And you know what's crazy, Nelson? I'm still here today to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't die. Here I am to talk about it. You know, I was out of the business. Can you believe that? So I would totally go to a sporting or, event. Or if they did do something like, you know, 25% who gets first uh, first crack at it, or would it be like, well, you only get to go to one in every four games. So yeah, you so go to four games a year instead of your – or I, you have tickets. I guess it would be two because you'd only have eight home games. If I remember correctly, it was if you are on the team, your family members get priority. Top donors, people who spend a lot of money, got priority. 
And then it was, I think, seniority for season tickets. So the longer you've had it, the more you you know are eligible. To, it's like a first-come, first-served basis So you've, if you've been there for years. But then how does it work if you've had, let's say, your family had tickets, season tickets since the 70s, but then another guy's had it since the 60s? You know, then do they bust it down that way? How do they, can they go back in time to go figure out when? There's so many questions. My biggest question, I guess, when it comes to football. At least for, for the football, for the players' side, those type of questions are more front office things that need to be dealt with because yeah. it doesn't affect their money as much. Obviously, it'll affect the money because you're not getting full full ticket sales, you know, full food and beverage sales, full memorabilia sales from like the the games but you have to remember there's only 32 teams in the nfl they get a lot bigger pie or piece of the pie when it comes to the tv contracts Mm -hmm. so that won't affect their salary as much as it would in baseball oh man they must uh i'm looking up ohio state right now to find that article i was reading uh i guess they canceled the um ohio state fair man I think they have an announcement for the Wisconsin State Fair today. If they haven't announced it already, but I don't, I don't want to put any disinformation out there, so I'm not going to. Wisconsin. Well, State I mean, they already were. I think they were saying that they're going to cancel it. Though. Yeah, they were already count, or canceling county fairs, so I'm going to say the state fair is probably going to be canceled too. Yeah, they say a member of the Wisconsin State Fair board of directors told the chairman of the board will announce the cancellation of the Wisconsin State Fair either today. What day is today? Oh, so today they're going to make an announcement. Man, the Wisconsin State Fair has only been canceled five times. Three during the Civil War and last time during World War II. The Wisconsin State Fair has been going on since the Civil War? Damn, that's crazy. Only been canceled five times. Three during the Civil War and last time during World War II. This will be the fifth coming up. Damn, pretty good job security if you're a carny. (laughs) <laughs> carnies. <laughs> yeah, what are the carnies going to do? We never thought about this. What are the carnies going to do? What are they doing? Where are they gonna, who's going who's gonna to make my funnel cake, Nelson? Oh, man. <laughs> They're going back to wherever they came. And I, Where do the carnies come from? I don't know. These are the questions that we need answered. What are going to happen with the carnies? Maybe they'll actually have some time to get their uh, dentals, <laughs> dental work in. Man. Well, I don't, they don't have jobs. How are they going to get it then? They got summer teeth. Summer here, summer there. All right, so <laughs> the carnies. Yeah, that stinks. I don't think they've made the announcement yet, but what it's looking like, that's a bummer, man. I, bigger surprise, they're canceling the state fair or it's been around since before the Civil War. I think it's the Civil War. Wow. All right. So anyway, 608-321-1670. Twitter is at Zone Madison. So, yeah. yeah um, and then Brown County, if you look at Brown County, they've been kind of affected the most outside of Milwaukee for um, COVID-19. But they're they're opening, right? They're not under the restrictions that Dane County's are under. Dane County is on phase one. We'll see what happens in phase two. And phase three isn't complete until there's a vaccine, allegedly. And in phase three, you can only have 250 people most in a place. So what? Is, how's that going to work for college football? How's that going to work for Camp Randall? If well, I already the Don I don't the think, Don needs to flex his muscle. I how much are these uh, businesses really going to respect these guidelines? I know 
I know I think, we both. I think you have to because I think you're going to get fined. I know we we both mentioned how we've seen people being fined like up to a thousand dollars for not exceeding these, but then also just taking a drive out this weekend, going past some establishments. There's no way. Well, that's outside of Dane County. Yeah, but they're not in phase three. Well, they're in the, of, Dane County enacted their own their own phases after the Wisconsin Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional. Then Dane County somehow came. I don't know how it works on that level, but we're in it. Once you get outside of Dane County, the restrictions are definitely more loosened. Like Dane County, you can only have 25% capacity right now in phase one. Uh, if you're at a. No, I thought you were mentioning uh, phase three is when they can have up to 250. Yeah, phase three in Dane County, you can have up to 250 people in for a large gathering. That's what, they, that's what I was reading. And that phase three won't be complete until there's something like a vaccine. So in theory. If they said they fast-tracked a vaccine, that could be 18 months. So you wouldn't be seeing, you wouldn't be well, seeing a huge get. group until 2022. Now, now things have changed so fast and you know so quickly here. Every day something's different, so that could change. But my God, Barry Alvarez got to flex that muscle, dude. I don't know how anyone's going to survive down on Regent Street if you can only have 250 people in a large gathering. There's kiss, kiss tailgating goodbye. I don't know how you'd be in Camp Randall. What do you have, 250 people in Camp Randall? That's what I don't, you know, that's, that's my biggest question is what's going to happen with. Well, Jermikes here on Twitch says, is the 250 people only for indoor gatherings? I'm pretty sure that's indoor and outdoor. I mean, I'll, I'll, get it, I'll pull it back up I here. think it's just gatherings in general. So, yeah, the plans are out. Dane County is in phase one right now of the reopening plan. and I don't get why it would matter if you're indoors or outdoors anyways. Well, if you're... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if you're going to be in a close proximity with people, what's it matter if you're inside or outside? You're close to people. All right, so... This is why all these things are so stupid. The forward Dane plan looks at nine different metrics to determine what can open and when. County health officials will continue to monitor the metrics for the next two weeks. That was This is from Tuesday. For the next two weeks before deciding whether businesses can move on to phase two, which would increase capacity limits to 50% among other regulations. So positive tests below 5% on an average for 14 days. Below four cases per day for 14 days. Ability to test up to 800 per day for 14 days. Yes, Nelson? Oh, I was just, I got a message here that said uh, some people in government were saying that carnies would have to become computer coders. <laughs> that's that's their future. Uh, yeah, I've heard uh, some creepy people talking about that. Sleepy, too. Uh, moving to phase two would require more than half of the nine metrics to be considered green. So some more of those ability to treat all hospital patients normally. Healthcare workers with COVID-19 study are down. Lab reopening and tracing happens quickly. Community spread down for 14 days. COVID-like symptoms reports down for 14 days. So out of those nine, you have to have half. So you get to have over half of those nine metrics to be considered to move on to phase two. So as of Tuesday morning, six of the nine benchmarks are in the green, while three remain yellow. And those three was below four cases per day for 14 days. Ability to test up to 800 per day for 14 days. And the other one that was still yellow was community spread down for 14 so, days. So when they have the number four for cases a day, aren't they continuing to test more? Yeah, there's more tests every day. So if you do more tests every day, 
your odds of finding four people are going to obviously be longer or better. Yeah, because you're testing. Because you're testing more. Once you want it to be the percentage, because if the percentage is weight, like we could test a hundred people today and have four people positive, right? We yeah. could test a million next week, and we might find five. But that definitely changes the percentage quite it, a bit. Doesn't oh yeah, it? big time. So I'm I'm just reading straight. From, I know that's why they they just don't make sense. It says below four cases per day for 14 days, but one of the benchmarks that we have met in Dane County, which was a green check, says positive tests below five percent on an average for 14 days. That's a green check by it. So, and then I saw this study, man, real quick, and then we'll hit break here. This is what's really crazy, is um, I was I was bumping around on uh, the interwebs as I you know like to do. And uh, just like to read, kind of stay informed on some stuff. There's all kinds of weird, different information out there. I saw that when it comes to COVID-19 and the majority of cases, it was um, – here, here it is. Is this the study out of Italy? No, this is America. 43% of U.S. deaths are from 0.6% of the population, and that – 2.1 million Americans, representing 0.62% of the U.S. population, reside in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. 43% of the deaths of COVID-19, which is very unfortunate, 43% comes from the nursing homes and assisted living facilities. So of the 0.62% of the U.S. population that resides in nursing homes, 43% of the COVID deaths come from the 0.62% of the U.S. population. Isn't that nuts? But is it when people are basically targeting nursing homes, putting people with positive COVID-19 tests back and, into nursing homes? And those states have the highest. And old people were more susceptible, more yeah, likely to get it? Yeah, it's terrible. It, like, they have it broken down here. And this is from Forbes.com. I can share it if anyone wants to see it. It's crazy. 81.4% of the deaths in Minnesota are from nursing homes and assisted living facilities. There was a In Wisconsin, this is uh, this article is from 2 days ago. In Wisconsin is 47.2%. The deaths come from uh, nursing homes and assisted living facilities. That's nuts. There was an article written about a study in Italy. Remember when everyone was freaking out about Italy, how they were having their outbreak? Yeah. It, they ended up finding that 96% of people that passed away with uh, COVID-19 had underlying health issues. Well, they have a very old population. And on top of that, the average age of a death by COVID-19 was 81. So it was old people in nursing homes, like you said, with underlying chronic health issues. Which is very sad and unfortunate. Which is terrible, but it's like one small I just yeah the number blew me away when um they busted us down 43% of US deaths are from 0.6% of the population that's wild and it's from the nursing home and assisted living facilities that's uh, scary stuff man especially when some governors forced nursing homes to take in people that were infected with covid-19 it's crazy New York would not give their data, though, for this study. So it could be more because they had the most. I'm going to say it was the, it definitely higher. In Washington, 
it was 61.1% of uh, nursing home deaths or COVID-19 deaths were from nursing homes. Minnesota was 81.4%. That's insane. Um, and there's like, oh, let's see here. Well, I think it was a lot of those states that put positive coronavirus yeah. patients back into, I think it yeah. was Washington, Minnesota, Michigan, and New York were some of the big. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's nuts. That Just seeing that number, 43% of U.S. deaths are from 0.6% of the population. That's crazy. <laughs>